0: Five days after the budget, what was it able to do, and what was it not able to do? We have the Minister for Children, Equality, Disability, Integration, and Youth, Roger Gorman, uh, on the line. Minister, thanks for joining us this lunchtime. Um, are you happy with what you were able to um, win over in in this budget? And are you already setting your sights on what you might be able to do for the next one?
1: I am. I think we've achieved a very significant. Uh, reduction for parents, an average 25% reduction for parents across the country in terms of the the, the, the cost of childcare to them. Uh, for the average family, that will represent a, a, a €1,200 Euro saving in, in 2023, but some families will see a, a maximum saving of up to €2,100. Euro and i think it's a recognition by by the green party and by the government as a whole that childcare is too expensive right now uh, and at a time when when families all over the country are are, are under real pressure with uh, with with the increases in cost of living i think the measures that will kick in from the 1st of january will make a meaningful impact for families but i'd also recognise that even with these measures, we still have to do more to cut the cost of childcare across the country. And I would hope in next year's budget to be able to. Build on, on on the success we've we've had this year and further cut cut fees for parents. And I also hope to look to broadening out the national childcare scheme, the subsidy that we make available to parents to parents who use childminders, because a, a very significant number of parents rely on childminders as 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 their the, the, the source okay. of care for I, their children.
0: I, I did want to ask you about that actually, because it was one area that you weren't able to touch in this week's budget. It is something that you would like to have scope to expand in future years, so that it's not just people that are using um, traditional crèche or childcare facilities that if your people are using childminders that they might be able to benefit this time next year as well.
1: Well look I started work on bringing childminders into the more regulated sector last year when we launched the childminding action plan. And this sets out a pathway whereby we we create a way for childminders to be regulated so they can then register with TUSLA and they can then offer the NCS to the parents who use their services. Um, Right now, the vast majority of childminders aren't regulated uh, and we recognise we can't use the same regulations that we apply to uh, a Montessori or a CRESH to childminders. The setup is completely different, but there does need to be some element of regulation as well. So right now we're designing regulations that are bespoke towards child minders will be supporting them and encouraging them to, to, to sign up to those. And once they're signed up, they'll be able to avail of the NCS. So I'd hope at the end of 23 or or it may be in early 2024 20, that uh, those measures will, will will be kicking in and we'll be able to see a significant number of parents who use child minders also avail of the, the, okay. the subsidies the government are providing. All
0: right. I don't want to depart from the from the subsidy but just for a minute, but just because you happen to mention it uh, and you mentioned your, your plans to try and expand that again in next year's budget or from the start of 2024. Does that mean that it is your expectation that you'll be staying in your brief after the reshuffle in December?
1: I've no expectation, Gavin, but I'd hope to stay in the brief. Uh, I, I um, have a, a lot of work ahead of me in terms of cutting the cost of childcare, uh, in terms of investment in in, in TUSA to support the, the the most vulnerable children, in terms of the uh, the, the ongoing work to support uh, survivors of of mother and baby and county home institutions, and a lot of big work in the equality sphere as well, and um, the, the ban on conversion therapy, the reform of the uh, the equality legislation. So uh, a, a huge amount of work in, in the department, uh, and I. And I'd love to continue the the, uh, the the opportunity to 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 progress that. Uh, okay. I think for any minister, uh, a change it it takes about a year to get a full. Uh, understanding of, of of the brief uh so i i am I'm, I'm you know over the brief now and i'd like to just keep working
0: okay uh, maybe an argument for as minimal a reshuffle as possible if you think it takes 12 months maybe to get to, get to grips with it but then again your brief is is fairly wide ranging as it's evidenced by your brief. title yeah. Yeah. yeah um just a, a going back to the subsidy and you mentioned that this is a, an average of a 25% cut for a lot of families that would engage in traditional childcare I'm just wondering, not to, to quibble with the uh, the amount of the subsidy, but to describe it as being 25%. There'll be a lot of listeners in Dublin or in other urban areas this lunchtime who will think that actually, although the subsidy is, of course, welcome, that it isn't quite 25%. I mean, you'll have a lot of uh, people listening in Dublin where a lot of creches charge a headline rate of €1,300 Euro for full five-day care. That's before the child reaches the age where they can qualify for the Ecki scheme. They might have been getting a subsidy of around about 85 euro before now. In the new year, they'll be getting a subsidy of around 235 euro, but they'll still be paying over a 1,000 euro a month. And for them, the combined subsidies, old and new, still doesn't make 25%.
1: And that's why we've always said this is an average figure. The the 25% cut is an average figure. Some parents will experience a, a percentage that's lower and some parents will experience a, a percentage that's, uh, that's higher. There's a very wide distribution uh, in terms of the fees charged across the country, as, as you, you referenced there. Um, and the way which we can provide, I suppose, relief, provide extra support to all parents is through the NCS, through that universal subsidy. Uh, and that does go further in some areas. Um, but that, again, is why, as I said earlier on, my, I, I'm not looking to stop here. I don't, I don't consider this kind of job done. I want to continue to be able to reduce the amount of uh, of, of fees that parents are are, are paying, uh, and I'll be looking to to achieve that in next year's budget. Um,
0: is this extra increase in subsidy is that tied to uh, a freeze in fees? Because I know that you've you've previously discussed the core funding. You are on with us only a few weeks ago talking about core funding and how it was about to be rolled out as soon as there was a standardised wage and labour conditions for the sector. Mm-hmm. And now there is there, but people might wonder whether there's any scope for childcare facilities to increase their fees now that they know or there's more of a subsidy coming, is that a prospect?
1: It, 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 no, the uh, the the measures we took in this year's budget is linked to the the, the fee freeze, uh, and it builds on the work we did last year. In last year's bro- budget, we brought in core funding. Services have started to draw that down from September of this year, and core funding is designed to support services, pay their staff better, and we achieved that through the Employment Regulation Order that was agreed earlier in um, in, in September. But the um, so the condi- one of the key conditions of core funding is that the the, the prov- Provider freezes their, their their fees at uh, at September twenty twenty one levels, and that means now that we have brought in the significant increase in the NCS, uh, the National Childcare Scheme, that won't be eroded away by providers raising their fees. So, uh, you know, it was kind of a, a, a process that we, we began last budget and mm. it will pay off in this budget for parents dropping their fees, for childcare professionals seeing an increase in, in their wages and for providers as well in terms of they have this sustainability and, and they have this mm. stability of income there, of core funding.
0: There, there is a little bit of a problem though with that in principle, which is that because core funding was part of the budget 12 months ago, and because inflation has rocketed since then, that we, even though you've now in, implemented minimum wages and standard labour conditions for the sector, that it's all based on what we thought costs would be 12 months ago and not what costs probably are now. And that freezing the funding might actually mean that a lot of childcare providers, despite the increased state subsidies, still aren't going to be able to make ends meet.
1: Well, we also very significantly increased core funding in this year's budget as well. We put an extra 59 million in core funding. So core funding is going from the 207 million we announced in last year's budget to uh, 266 million uh, in 2023. So the the core funding
0: that they get in next year won't be the same as what they've got or what, what they're getting for these few months now that it's kicked in. There will be an increase to reflect their higher costs.
1: And I think it's important just to recognise the, the the scale of the growth of investment in childcare in this year's budget. Last year, the childcare budget was uh, seven hundred and sixteen million euro. In twenty twenty three, it will be over a billion euro. It's the first time we've ever met that figure of a billion euro. And the target set out by the previous government in twenty eighteen was that we'd be getting a billion euro invested per year by twenty twenty eight we've done that five years early. And that again is because of the, the priority I as, as Minister and the entire government have placed okay. on the issue of, of really having high quality early learning and care for children.
0: Now despite there being one billion in the care for the youngest in society, there is still a group of people who feel like they were completely unheard or untouched in this budget. And, and I'm going to do that thing that sometimes we don't do in commercial radio and acknowledge programmes on other uh, public broadcasting, but you'll have been aware of the phone-ins that there have been on LiveLine this week in the wake of the budget from foster parents and foster carers calling in to say that the €300 per child per week that they receive for dealing with with children who often have very complex and difficult needs hasn't been touched in 13 years and that their own costs are surging and that often they have to cover the cost of hospital appointments, psychologist appointments, occupational therapy, play therapy. They have to cover all of that out of their own pockets and they don't feel that they've been heard at all and that they are now running to stand still and that they could have used something to reflect the higher costs that they have for, for dealing with such troubled children.
1: I'd hoped to be able to uh, to uh, address the issue of foster care allowance in, in this budget. I'd, I'd hoped to be able to, to, to provide an increase. I wasn't in the end, uh, and I recognise the, the, the real frustration that are out there among foster, foster parents. Um, why why weren't with- you,
0: Minister? Well, what stands in your way when you want to do that?
1: Well, just in, just in terms of the, the, the overall financial package that was available to me in my department this year, we weren't in a position to be able to, to make the, the increases to foster care allowances uh, for, for, for 2023. But I have met with uh, Bernard Gloucester uh, earlier this, uh, this week. We discussed the issue and we're looking at what measures we can put in place on a shorter term basis to support foster carers and uh, meet the, 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 the current cost of living increases that, that everyone is facing. Uh, And I'm also reviewing a very significant document that TUSA has brought forward in terms of supporting foster care. And there's a range of issues. There's the issue of the the rate of the allowance. Uh, There's the issue of whether foster care is uh, the the six month break before they can get uh, uh, child benefit the fact that they can't get a back-to-school allowance. So there's a range of issues that I'll be looking to engage both within my department and other departments in terms of next year's budget.
0: If if you don't have the money, you don't have the money, and you can't magic up money that you haven't been assigned. But they might find it very difficult to believe that on a budget day that allotted €11 billion in spending and tax cuts that you couldn't find some money to deal with people who are doing such heroic work for such little financial reward.
1: Yeah, it, it's incredibly important work the, the the work that foster foster parents do. And as I say, uh, there are a number of measures that we'll be looking to, to advance over the next year to, to recognise that and to support them in terms of the, you know, as I say, 93% of children who are in care in Ireland are in foster care. Uh, and I think everyone recognises it's a it's a far better situation for a child to be in than, than than in residential care. So I think we do need to do more to support them. And as I say, I, I'm working with TUSA in terms of any short-term measures that we can bring forward, uh, but also recognising that uh, this is kind of a a piece of work where where more needs to be done.
0: Um, You're also the senior minister, at least at senior level, responsible for disability issues. I know there's obviously a a junior minister who's responsible for special education. She's attached to the Department of Education. Then you've got uh, Anne Rabbit as a junior minister responsible for disabilities, kind of straddling the Department of Children and uh, the Department of Health. There hasn't been very much mention in the last few days of the recruitment of extra therapists to try and support people with disabilities. And of course, you'll be as familiar as anyone with the long waiting lists around the country of services that even purport to be fully staffed, but are still finding it very difficult to work through backlogs and waiting lists for essential therapies, including a lot of children. By the way, full disclosure, I'm a parent of one of those children, but I don't don't think that's neither here nor there anyway. Um, Was there anything in the budget to try and recruit uh, or increase recruitment for therapists in areas where they're so badly needed?
1: There was Anne Rabbit secured a significant increase in in the uh, in the in the disability budget uh, under a range of headings, and and one of those headings was was in terms of recruitment. But the big problem right now isn't. The money uh, for for recruitment it's actually finding um, finding trained graduates in in the various therapy roles uh, and, and and the HSE has been struggling with that over the last number of years and that's one of the um, key reasons why a significant number of the the, the, the community and network disability teams aren't uh, fully staffed so one of the key things myself and, and Anne rabbit and, and the HSE are working on now is is a roadmap uh, towards the full implementation of progressing disability services. That's the overarching vision for supporting uh, children's disabilities. Uh, That will be published in in, in the next number of months. And it sets out, I suppose, some Med- short, medium and long term measures, particularly designed about securing more, more, more therapists okay. but, uh, and getting them into those posts, because but, that's, that's actually where we're seeing the gap right now. But I
0: guess if we're not producing enough graduates, then it re- if money then isn't really a, a factor and if it is just about producing more people to fill the roles through, through higher education, that means that it's, it's going to be years before we're tripping into a backlog because there just won't be enough staff there to work away at it
1: and getting additional posts uh, getting, uh, getting additional college places for, for graduates is, is one part of, 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 of this strategy mm. but as you say that's a part that will, that will take a number of years to to, uh, to, to, to bear fruit so is there anything so then more so short term yeah there is we're, we're looking at conversion courses for example you know uh, master's courses where someone can, can, can convert an existing degree we're looking at our recognition of, um, of, of qualifications in in, 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 in in UK universities and in certain circumstances they're not fully recognised over here, so we're looking to provide a recognition pathway. Uh, we've put all of these therapists on the critical skills list now. That was something Anne Rabbit was very focused on, so we can uh, meet, people can can come from from other jurisdictions and and, and take up posts here. And I know that HSC are looking at some targeted recruitment campaigns abroad again, trying to maybe bring. The therapists who, who originally qualified here uh, back into in, into the system uh, 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 and give us that that, that additional capacity okay. in, in in the network teams across the country.
0: Um, Okay, final question before I let you go, just on a broader sort of a budget principle. It was a budget which, as I mentioned, spent €11 billion in in spending increases and tax cuts between this year and next, and there was also €6 set aside for rainy day funds between this year and next. Are you comfortable with welfare increases at a base rate of €12 per week, given that we know inflation is running at a higher level than €12 will cover, and that the government will therefore actively preside over a drop in living standards for some of the most vulnerable in society who require the state for their income?
1: I think you have to look at the welfare uh, increases at the same time as the very significant package of once-off measures, uh, and and all the independent analysis that has been done of the budget, both of the core package and also of the one once-off package, has shown that it has been entirely, um, it, it's been in- entirely designed to support the the least well-off in society, um, and I think that once-off package is really significant and it's going to do a lot to cushion the impact of 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 inflation on on individuals and in fact on families over the next uh over over the next number of, of of months um and i think particularly you know we've got the balance right in terms of some measures are targeted some are universal some are once-off uh, and some are built into the core base and i think that overall combination is one that protects the most vulnerable at a t- at a really difficult time when inflation is so high um, uh, and I think yeah I think I think the, the, the two ministers got the balance right. Okay.
0: We will leave it there. Uh, thanks for joining us this lunchtime. Roderick O'Gorman, the Minister for Children, Equality, Disability, Integration and Youth joining us this lunchtime on The Record on News Talk.